Hi, welcome to Contrast, a podcast for artists, art dabblers, and art lovers. I'm Bethany Granberg, and I'm here with my husband, Josh. We're both professional artists, but we have very different backgrounds and styles. So we're here to compare and contrast our artistic journeys, creative process, and philosophies on art making. Hi, Josh. Happy holidays. Yes, happy holidays. I just realized today that Christmas is next week. It is. That is coming fast. Yeah. Honestly, this year, my mind is more on the baby coming in February and less on the holidays. Yes, that's very true. Last night, we attended a virtual Zoom birthing class that was just about three hours long. But informative. It was good. Very interesting. Yeah, it's nice to feel more informed. What different scenarios might look like? Yeah, it's really great to know. Josh is the researcher among us, and he (laughs) has been reading this big, thick book. It's almost like a textbook called The Birth Partner. And I've probably picked up more things from other women and just throughout my life about birth and what to expect. So I probably came into this pregnancy with... A little more background knowledge, but now Josh is catching up doing his research. It's making me very eager to get to that date. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get this little guy out. Me too. So anyways, tonight our art topic is going to be talking about a couple paintings each that we've done that we consider to be kind of our most creative ideas. So not necessarily the best painting or our favorite painting, but the most creative, clever, impactful, just the concept of it being very impactful and strong. Yeah. And really standing out for us. Actually, one yours is a drawing. One of yours is not a painting. We've talked about creativity and last time we talked about creative prompts. So if we had a very creative idea, it just seemed like a natural next thing to talk about. We're going to kind of play happy sad with our two (laughs) paintings each. (laughs) Josh, should we do happy first or sad? Let's do happy first. Okay. All right. So Josh, what is your happier artwork that you're going to talk about? So the first one is titled Intelligent Design, and I actually painted it in college. And it's an oil painting, right? It's an oil painting, yeah. Side note, this painting, I've been trying to brainstorm a way to talk about that painting of Josh's, like, since we started this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Because I love it. He loves it's it. It's one of my favorite ones that he has ever done, and part of the reason I fell in love with him. <laughs> and I sold it. I was so sad when I learned that. Yeah. Yeah, kind of going back to some of our previous podcasts, the this one was really came from a creative prompt from because it was an assignment. So the assignment was to do a painting from an unusual perspective. Okay. So that's, visually. Yeah. So that's visually. What she meant. Okay. So what I chose to do was walk around campus and take a bunch of photographs of things up really close, almost abstract them. I took a photograph of a fountain on the university campus. The Benson Fountain. The image is interesting because you see the water 
flowing over this concrete top. And then there's bright blue tiles. Yeah. And we'll link it in the show notes for you to see. I kind of just started out painting it and thinking, I don't really know where I want to take it. Oh, really? You started before having the rest of those ideas? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. And then while I was painting it, um, I was listening to some book, I think. But for some reason, I got this idea of creation and the universe. And then looking at my painting, I thought, you know, maybe I could transform this into the space, kind of, the universe. <laughs> so I started kind of playing with that, and that was kind of interesting. Then I thought, you know, push it further and saying, okay, if we're doing something from an unusual perspective, what if we, what if I did something that was like creation from an unusual perspective? So all of this stuff happening at once in the Bible of day one and day two and day three, but what if it was just kind of all, you know, it kind of overlapping and it is actually designed to be spun so when I displayed it, I took apart an old stool. It was actually the school's stool. So, <laughs> sorry. Did you ask permission? <laughs> no, oh, I just took it apart. <laughs> so I took the spinny part out of the, the stool, because you know, the, the top seat spins. And then I mounted that on the wall and then screwed the painting onto it so you could spin the painting around. And so there's no central pole of gravity. And, you, you know, at one side, you can see the clouds going up and then, you spin it another direction, there's trees growing up and spin it another way and there's water flowing and there's planets flying around everywhere and stars and there's kind of a blue side and a dirt color side, kind of a red side. And so it's kind of the water and earth being separated and, and it's just a, an unusual perspective of one, a photorealistic painting of water but then also an unusual perspective of creation and the cosmos. So it's almost like an optical illusion where like you see one thing at first and then if you keep looking at it, you see these other like subtle things that Josh painted into it. And I just thought that was so clever and honestly like inspired me. Like I have incorporated a lot of surrealistic elements in my artwork, which I had multiple different like sources of inspiration to do that, but I think that painting was one of them. Awesome. I didn't know that. My first inspiration of surrealism was learning about Rene Magritte in eighth grade. But then, you know, that triggered me like paying attention to other things like Josh's painting. Cool. It was kind of interesting one time and one day I walked into the studio and um Miss Shane, is that her name? The graphic design graphic teacher. Graphic design teacher. Yeah. yeah. So she was in there with her whole class looking, looking at, at my painting, painting <laughs> talking about <laughs> it. And she was like dissecting it and the different parts and everything with this graphic design class. Oh, funny. Her name is Miss <laughs> Gibson now. That's her married name. And so she was like, oh, Josh, come tell us about it. Where'd you get the inspiration? How did you put this together? That's because the graphic design teachers pushed concept so much. Yeah. So I kind of told her and I don't think she was <laughs> real impressed with my answer. I don't remember what I said, but I, it, it wasn't very articulate. I said, well, I just started painting and it kind of looked like stars. So I started painting stars. Oh. <laughs> 
there was really so much more to it. You were thinking there about was. God's creation and. But I was just kind of really caught off guard. Yeah, put on the spot like I, that. I couldn't think real well. Okay. So yeah, that was a fun. It's a fun painting. I really like it. I love it. I want him to do more like that. Yeah. I'm working on it. I have a lot of ideas in my mind. That. So what about you? What's your happy one? Well, my happy example called Deep Cries Out to Deep. And it's one of the rare examples where I do feel like the title is important and kind of adds to the meaning a little bit. This one is two shells also linked in the show notes, but it's two shells coming from opposite directions, the top and the bottom. And there's deep phthalo blue, mostly with some other colors um, coming out from inside of each of the shells and kind of swirling around the composition and coming together. Like that color area Mm -hmm. flows from one to the other. The phrase deep cries out to deep is from... The Bible, Psalm 42, 7, the verse says, Deep calls to deep in the roar of your waterfalls. All your waves and breakers have swept over me. I actually did a different painting with a shell with color coming out of it first. That was just one shell. I think that one I titled, You Can Hear the Ocean. And thinking of that idea as a metaphor to like, us and the spirit of God in us and how we're like this wellspring of depth that isn't apparently obvious from the outside. Like you have this small shell and that there's so much beyond what meets the eye. I had an idea of painting fire hydrants kind of for the same, the same Hmm. meaning. Fire hydrants. Yeah. That it's like this little thing that's very subtle and unnoticeable Mm-hmm. But you don't know that there's actually all this power and all this potential inside of it that would pour out given the chance. Okay, awesome. The depth and power and life and beauty in us is so much more than than you know or than you can see always. And it also goes back to identity and believing Believing about yourself, what God says about you and who God made you to be rather than maybe even what you yourself can see. So it's meant to be encouraging that you are who God says you are, not whatever visible thing is coming out or on the surface right now. And then the two shells together, that life and that spirit in us that that resonates with other sources of that same spirit and life, whether that is in the world, in nature, in other artists creating, in mm. or in other people, that deep thing in us recognizes and calls out in a way and connects with God's nature, maybe in other people and other experiences in life. Awesome. Yeah, that's great. Do the colors symbolize anything, mean anything? I think it's colors that I'm drawn to. (laughs) I mean, I did want it to like recall the idea of water. So that's why blue is dominant. Mm -hmm. And I just love phthalo blue. Variety and 
being colorful, like having different colors, yeah, like adds to the the life and and beauty of it. That quality doesn't manifest itself just in one way. Does the design kind of strengthen that in some way? You you kind of have the shells on two opposite sides on right on third intersecting thirds, and one's upside down compared to the other. It's like the upside down. <laughs> Just kidding. Very different idea. Uh, so it can be viewed either way. I wanted that to kind of suggest the idea of that that life, that spirit transcends one realm, like one, our physical reality into mm. another. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you could think of it as heaven and earth or like the spiritual realm and the physical so that it's a both and it's multidimensional. Yeah, that makes sense. I kind of read it as like these two people are interacting and they're connecting on a deep level and with one kind of being above and like there's no central pull of gravity. It's kind of like one is not more dominant than the other. Like is the water flowing down or going up? And kind of okay, yeah, and it's balanced and equal. It's not that one is pouring into the other. Right. Yeah, that was just a thought I had. I like, I like that you have a different idea than I did. Even yeah. I like to leave some interpretation open to viewers because they might be able to enrich the idea or add to it in a way I may not have intended, but but mm-hmm. still enhances it. Yeah, and we've probably talked about this before but I really like to ask questions in my art and not necessarily provide the answer Uh so if if we're both discussing the same question but even if we come you know if if we're discussing the same question then I think I've been successful in what I've wanted to do with my art but if we come to different conclusions then that's okay I'm not trying to provide an answer and providing a field for us to discuss something with. And I think your work is is similar to that in some ways. Yeah, I definitely, and I, I want it to be a discussion. I want it to provoke thought. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's Deep Cries Out to Deep. Okay, so what about your next one? What is your hard mm. painting? Okay, here we go. Going deep now. <laughs> Uh, my next one um, you know it'd be interesting from now on to kind of talk about what was the the prompt <laughs> now that I've learned this concept I'm like this is great let's use it all the time <laughs> Sorry, yeah nerd. that's funny that's funny that for both of these you had an outside prompt I did yeah you know, artists have this idea that I'm not going to paint unless I am inspired. It comes from within me, then I feel it. Mm. But my most powerful work has been, has come from the outside. Yeah. Where someone has asked me to do something or even an assignment. And then within those confines, you're able to create something that is extremely powerful. Yeah. So this drawing was actually was supposed to go into a show <laughs> that you were doing. I was the prompt for that one. <laughs> a long time My ago. Idea, yeah. I don't even know how it really came up. But anyways, the show was about um, 
sex trafficking, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, this guy that I was friends with in Circe at the time, Nathaniel, he's another artist. He and I were brainstorming doing a show to raise awareness and raise funds to be anti-sex trafficking. And I invited Josh to be part of it and to do some artwork for it. And he did. <laughs> yep. And I did. I think I was the only one that did. And nobody ever did any other artwork for the show. It didn't happen. I don't know. I think there was reason for it to kind of fall through. Yeah. Anyways, so the piece is a drawing. I did it at the Florence Academy of Art in Sweden. What's the title? It's called My Baby Girl. Did you have a model for that? How did you I do did. it? I did. It was a, a fellow art student okay. in Sweden. So I just had her, the, the basic image is this girl, mid-twenties, sitting on a stool and arms down by her side and just kind of very despairing, just like no life, no emotion, nothing, just mm -hmm. sitting there. I think your drawing comes across more like a teenager. Does it? Okay. And then in her lap is a little baby doll, a stuffed doll. And the baby doll is just laying across her legs. She's not holding it. She's yeah. not touching it. Yeah, she is not interacting with this doll in any way. And so it's a really, it's disturbing. it's disturbing to look at. Like she has this deadened look on her face. Yeah, and, and I didn't render her eyes. Her eyes are in shadow. So they're just kind of milky mm -hmm. in the shadows. They're not very defined. And so that, you know, when you're looking at, when you're thinking about a portrait, Portraits are always driven by the eyes, by the, the eye expression. And with this one missing that, it's uncomfortable. And then with the baby doll sitting in her lap and her not engaging that is also uncomfortable. Yeah, and it's a little bit ambiguous. If you, you have to look closely to see that it's a doll, not a real baby. Yeah, and that's on purpose too, uh -huh. um, because the first time I, when I was drawing it, I tried to really make the baby look real and make it look like it was crying. Mm. And I decided it, it actually looked more eerie if you couldn't quite tell if this baby was real or not. More powerful that way than it would have been yeah, if it was real. I think so. I think it would have been too literal. Yeah. If, if it was just obviously this baby crying in her lap. Um, because the idea with it is, is this girl sane? Is she all there? Mm. Because there's this baby doll, but she's not engaging with it. And, and she's so, too old for a baby doll. And she's too old for a baby doll. Yeah. Distur it's disturbing. Yeah. <laughs> and it's done on blue paper. So it has a cold feel about it. And it's done with in black and white. So it's charcoal with white chalk. That's so a very cold painting or drawing. And then the, the floor is kind of an asylum type floor. Just squares mm. and then it's all done with cross hatching so there's a lot of kind of rough roughness to it so did you have a specific intention for really what that meant yeah it really was all centered around loss okay and so with with this idea of sex trafficking I, trafficking I didn't really want to be you know again I didn't want to be literal mm -hmm. or to be grotesque with with the like the sexual aspect of, what it of is. it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But the, the mental state of, of what happens, mm -hmm. you know, the lost, the loss of innocence, mm -hmm. the loss of youth, the loss of like probably life. sanity and sanity. a lot of, yeah. And so, you know, when I want, when people approach it, I want them to 
ask all these questions about who's the baby girl? Is the baby girl is the title of the painting? Yeah, of the, the title drawing. is the title of the drawing is my baby girl. So I want them to ask who's the baby girl? Is it this doll? Did this teenage girl lose a child? And that drove her insane. And now she's has this fake doll. Or is, or is the baby girl the the, the girl, mm-hmm. the teenage girl? And you know, some she's someone's daughter. And you know, the the loss of that and just the manipulation in it all. Oof. Um so <laughs> it's like it's, such a strong piece, but I don't like to look at it or even to yeah, think about it too much. Yeah. When I was drawing it, um, I finished it back in the States. Um, so I started it in, in Sweden and brought it back to the States and finished it in the States. And when I finish a piece, oftentimes I'll put it up in a, a different location to look at it in different light mm. and just stare at it in a different situ- or different circumstance. So I put it up on our dining room table when I was staying with my parents on uh, summer break. And so you know, we're sitting there on the dinner table with this really dark, depressing drawing next to us. And after, I don't know, two or three days, my mom was like, Josh, that, that drawing's got to go away. That's just too depressing. Yeah, too much to have at your That's dining room table. Yeah. So I've shown it a lot. It's been in several shows and it's always really well received. And people always talk about it and often with tears. Um, you know, like talking about the loss of, you know, a miscarriage, the loss of a child, the loss of all kinds of stuff, even sexual abuse. Just everyone comes to it with a different story. Mm-hmm. And that story is always brought out. And so they talk a lot about it. And the fact and, that it's a little bit ambiguous, so many different uh-huh. stories and people can relate yep. to it. It's very so, moving. I still have it. A lot of people are very interested in it, but no one wants to buy it. I know. It's like, how will you sell that? I don't, you may not. (laughs) Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah. So I I do think that it is probably the most powerful emotional piece that I've ever done. Mm -hmm. And it's pretty rough. It's rough. And it's become more personal to us with our story over the past year. Yeah. We probably don't want to go there. We won't make it through. (laughs) That's not the topic of this podcast. Um, So let's move on to your sad piece. My sad piece. My more sad, harder one is called Grieving Tree. So just speaking of of grief is about um, my, my friend's grief and loss of her brother. My friend Hannah lost her brother, Isaac. Several years ago, but she and I were super close friends and actually roommates at the time when that happened. He he died suddenly. It was very unexpected. He was 24 and she was 23, maybe. And I knew him. He... You know, I would consider him a friend. We, I spent Christmas at their house once. He came and stayed with us when she was my roommate. Um, so it was, it was more Hannah's grief, but it was 
but it definitely like affected me too. And I had not ever lost anyone close to me at that point. But so there's a tree and the tree's branches are bending over and actually like reach into the ground. And so like the bottom half of the composition is under the dirt that you can see the roots of the tree and also the branches underneath the ground. You can see above the ground and below the ground. Um, So it's called grieving tree because like the tree is the one grieving and there's this sunny sky, blue sky up above it. But when you are in grief, the exposure of the happy sunshiny world is very harsh and glaring Mm. and you don't really want to be around that. (laughs) So bending over and hiding in the dark or that's how you feel. So a tree normally grows upward towards the sun, but in this case, everything is upside down. Everything is wrong. You don't want to be happy. Mm. You don't want to see the happy world around you or be around people who are acting like the world is the same when it feels like Mm. nothing is the same. How can these people just continue moving forward with life as if things have not fallen apart and changed forever. Yeah. Wow. It's just such a like kind of surreal, bizarre feeling at the same time as hurting. And so I did that painting with that idea, but actually after painting it, the meaning sort of progressed and developed where I realized those branches that are going under the dirt are also accessing the same source of life that the roots are in and that there's healing in that place. Hmm. You do return to your roots in a way in grief and you're like whatever has been sustaining you, whatever has made you who you are returning to those foundational things in processing my own and others grief i've come to see that reality too not just the pain and the darkness returning to the roots and the yeah, foundation of the foundational things becoming stronger and healing yeah it's really good maybe shedding some less essential parts of who you thought you were, but then being stronger in like your core and your foundation of who you are. Where is that piece now? Hannah has it. I gave that painting to her after that. So I did a few after his death. I did a few after we lost our baby last spring. But... I don't think we're quite ready to have a podcast episode about that. No, I don't think so. No. <laughs> we do have some art about it. It was, I think, enlightening and interesting that going through that, the place that we both, one of those foundational places, kind of three, I think, that we've turned to were each other, our faith, and art. Yeah. Yeah, very quickly we started doing some art yeah i mean within within days days. (laughs) i mean you get horrible news 
And then you go home and what do you do after that? Yeah. And for us, we started doing a painting very quickly. Maybe one day we'll talk more about it. Anyway, so those are just a few pieces we have that have had strong stories and impact connected to them. We kind of hope that you know, this podcast as a whole will kind of strike some some creativity in your in your own life and heart and mind. And kind of seeing how we've come up with some some paintings and executed them and the meaning and how and why we've constructed them certain ways. Yeah, we hope it can be encouraging or helpful in some way in your own process. We can wrap it up. Go make some art. Yep. Enjoy the season. Merry Christmas. Find joy. Happy New Year. Despite COVID and quarantine and things not being perfect. I think doing art is a way to feel in control when a lot of things are out of control, even if the world outside feels crazy. Very true. Very true.